can't describe the way I've been feeling. Everything all turned around inside my head. Longing to find some. So, Katie talked a little bit about safe people. Um, during the pandemic, in particular, though, this group of friends has been together a little longer than that. There's five of us that have um, on, on Snapchat for old people, Marco Polo, that's what my daughter calls it. Um, Marco Polo, which is an app where you can kind of talk back and forth. This is the five of us who call ourselves the old fashioned ladies, which did, yes, start because of a drink we drank together, but also um, three, three pastors, four pastors, one seminarian. This is us standing a very distant six feet apart, but we also thought this would be our album cover if we ever started a band. It's so great. Um, we have created a safe place. This group of friends have created this space where we come when we're having the worst day and we say, I just need to set this somewhere so that I can go do the other things I have to do. Or I need to tell you about this funeral I'm about to do. It's so sad. I'm so sad. I just need to talk about this person in this place. Or I need to tell you about this couple I'm about to marry. They're just the best. And we, we just put all of our stuff. I need to tell you about this fight I just got in with my spouse, right? We just put our stuff in this safe place and we hold it for each other and we listen. We encourage each other. We validate. Yeah, that, that is really annoying. I would be annoyed too. We validate all those things. We have phrases we say. We have inside jokes. We have all this stuff. We have created sanctuary online. It's possible, I promise. We talk through sermon ideas. We help carry the load of ministry with each other. We try to process this impossibly hard time in history. We laugh and we cry and we support and encourage. It has been such a gift. I truly don't think I would be in the, and I, I've got to say, I'm not in a great mental space always in the pandemic. It's been hard. It's been hard for all of us. But I'd be way worse if it weren't for this group of women. This is what safe space does for us. We all have them. Katie encouraged us to think about people or spaces where we can be real and honest more than just fine, right? Where reality or our feelings aren't too much. There is something magical about this kind of relationship, this safe space. It's sanctuary. Do you have this somewhere you can go to be with someone who knows you and knows you're good and you're bad and listens when you need to vent or cry or rejoice where the truth is spoken with love and care and met with love and care? This kind of sanctuary is special. It is very special. And that is what today's gospel story is all about. There is a bond, a special bond, between Mary and her cousin, Elizabeth. When Mary receives the news of her pregnancy, she goes, Luke says, with haste to see her cousin, her safe space with her safe person. When she arrives, she is met with a word of enthusiastic welcome, a recognition of what is happening and what it means for the world by her cousin, Elizabeth. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Now, these, this story might not seem like that big of a deal. In fact, we often brush past this first moment between Mary and Elizabeth on our rush to get to the Magnificat, which, I mean, is the awesome part of this section of Scripture. 
But maybe if you grew up Catholic like I did, you might recognize the words that you heard today from the Hail Mary said during rosary time at church. Anyone? 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 Yes, I see you. I see you. Right? The repetition of this, saying this prayer, you say it 10 times between each Lord's Prayer, and if you do the whole rosary, it's five sections of each of those. So the so little kid, Natalia, that made the words lose a bit of their meaning, right? Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for sinners, now they are over death, amen. We, that's how fast people say it. They just breathe through it, right? People who know this, know this, they're nodding, I see you. Even if you didn't grow up hearing these words weekly, they still might not seem like that big of a deal. But they are, they're such a big deal. Elizabeth's words are so important. She sees Mary for who she is and what she's doing in the story of God. See, Mary has just been told she's pregnant. She has told Joseph by now, and she's probably unlikely to hide it anymore. It's pretty likely that her unmarried pregnant status has caused quite a scandal in her community. Remember, the punishment for this could be severe, even death. So I imagine she's under a lot of stress, to say the least. So she runs to her sanctuary, a place where she can be safe, where someone she loves will sit and listen with her. And make no mistake, she runs to Elizabeth because she knows if anyone can understand what it means to be a part of God's unfolding story through miraculous birth, it will be Elizabeth who is pregnant with John. So she sets out, and when she enters the house of Elizabeth and Zechariah, who, remember, mute, sitting in the corner, not participating here, Elizabeth cries out with joy, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. She says, Blessed are you, and blessed is this. I imagine that's the first time Mary heard that in this whole story. The first time someone looked at her and said, This is blessed. This is beautiful. Blessed are you. Blessed is this. I have some images that I gave to Nick to show some artistic renderings of this moment of Mary and Elizabeth interacting with each other. I hope I can kind of see them from my angle here. Um, and those of you on the line, this is our test of the new system because we get, we get online and in person at the same time. This is a big deal. It's a big deal that you can see. They can see what you're seeing here too. This is good. Another one that's so beautiful, look at the rejoicing you see in that image. Oh, they're so beautiful. This is one of my favorites. Head thrown back. And this, oof, oof, this one. You know, anybody who's ever um, carried a child will know that the people you allow to touch your belly are like a very small group of people, right? It's an intimate thing to let somebody hold your tummy in the moment. I love that image so much. I love this story, this whole story, Mary arriving to the pure joy of her cousin. Finally, finally someone celebrating with her instead of casting judgment or expressing disbelief in the story she's trying to tell and who she's bearing on behalf of the world. Finally, someone shares in the joy of this moment and the role they're playing in what God is doing together through them. I imagine them sitting at their kitchen table holding mugs of tea saying, can you believe it? Can you believe what God is doing? 
It is in this place, this safe space, in the midst of the safe space created by her soul sister, Mary sings out loud, finally, what she's known to be true. And yes, she knew. She sings a song of what it means to be a God-bearer. This is no ordinary thing. This is no ordinary song. This isn't a passive song. It begins as a song of praise, but it does not stay there. It's the Magnificat, we call it. It gets its name because of the first line, my soul magnifies the Lord. Mary sings a song of praise for what God is doing and then takes it further outside herself into what God is doing in the world. It's a redemption song and a justice song, a song about the one who is coming to turn the world around. Just listen to the words. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought the powerful down from their thrones. He lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. These are dangerous words to sing. If you are a person of wealth or power or privilege, someone who is benefiting from a system of oppression or occupation, then this song is going to be hard to hear. And as someone who is in these systems, essentially no one singing this song is a threat to those in power. It is not meek or mild. It is not quiet or peaceful. It is not the image of Mary we have in our minds. It is a radical song that sings the truth in the midst of sanctuary. This is a song of faith and hope in what it means that Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. This is a fight song. And I don't know about you, but I think we need a fight song right about now, right? One of my colleagues, local Lutheran pastor, Andrew Roski Metcalf, wrote this week that there are a million reasons to lose hope these days, right? Anybody feeling that right now? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was true for Mary, too, for a million different reasons that were specific to her context and a half a million that seemed to be exactly where we sit today. And yet she sings. Andrea says, I've heard this text, this song, over and over. I've lost track of the number of times I've preached it. And the thing about it that jars me from my hopelessness is that she isn't singing about what she hopes will come about. She sings about what has already come to be. The world is crumbling around her at least as much as it's crumbling around any of us. And she sings a song of hope for what has already come to pass. Maybe you noticed when Grace read it or when I read it, but certainly Pastor Andrea makes it clear the words of this song are not in the present tense or the future tense. If you are a language nerd, they're in aorist. It's a, it's a past tense, perfect past. Mary sings of something that has already happened. God has already come. Everything is different now, already. God is with us and everything has changed. And on this day, we remember the day Mary said out loud in a safe place, God is already here. I believe we need to say it and sing it 
today just as much as Mary did then. We need to speak and sing words of justice and good news out loud now just as much as Mary did then. I wonder the same as Katie did, what it might look like to be a safe space. What might it look like to be a safe space for God to be born? What might it look like for us to be a sanctuary for others to speak the truth? To declare against all evidence to the contrary that we believe the world should look different than it does right now. That despite the hopelessness that threatens us, God is our safe space. And that we too can create that safe space for others. The gospel this morning finds us through the two women in this story. The good news, heard through Elizabeth who throws open the door and offers enthusiastic, joyful welcome and validation of someone in need of a safe space. The good news finds us through Mary who speaks the words of truth and justice to a world that is teetering towards hopelessness. We are in this story. No matter where you find yourself this morning, we are called to be a sanctuary, to create a safe space for God to be born for the sake of the world, to create a safe space for words of justice on behalf of God's work in the world to be said out loud. We are in this story. We are sitting at the table with our mugs of tea in our hands, wondering together, can you believe what God is doing? Can you believe it? This morning, we find ourselves wondering together what it means to be safe space. What it might look like to create this kind of community that feels so safe that can hold anything you bring up, anything you say or feel, because this is the kind of space that God has created for us. And that is the good news in front of us this morning. Can you imagine all the weight of all of the world yet no one welcomes you? As you leave this service, your service begins. So comfort the homesick, open your doors to others, seek sanctuary, be brave enough to go home by another way, and remember that here in God's house, all are welcome. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thank you. Thank you, God. How